and welcome to my show Dungeon Master Discussions. Every week I normally sit down and interview a different Dungeon Master, try and pick into their brain, find out how the cogs turn and how they work. However, today we have a very special, special change. Today instead of a Dungeon Master, I have a very good and um, very close to me uh, player. Harry, hello. I'm doing very well. Um, introduce yourself to the people. Um, how long have you been playing D&D? &D? One second. I didn't catch that. Oh, okay. Thank you, Terry. We'll, hear me. we'll get you in. Just give you a second. Did hey it? there. One, two, three, four. There you go. So, okay. I have a special guest today, Terry. Terry, would you like to introduce yourself to the people at home? <laughs> Uh, uh, hi, my name is Terry. I've been playing D&D for probably about five years now, on and off. Uh, I'm just getting off of a decently long, like, two-year break. Uh, I started playing in college. It's a whole lot of fun. D&D uh, is just this great thing as a player, because uh, I, I know that this is supposed to be a DM discussion, as Zach said, and I'm, I'm obviously not a DM. I did DM a one-shot once. It was it was interesting. It was unique. But, uh, but I play as the majority of my time and it, like, like i was saying uh before it's just it's so unique as a player to be able to immerse yourself in this place like you get to remove yourself from your own world for short periods of time and it's just it's wonderful yeah and you're one of those uh fantastic players that really do allow yourself to get immersed um i i have one player and uh they describe themselves as feral uh because they are extremely emotionally attached to the game and they're like, why is no one in the group experiencing this? Why am I feeling this? And I'm like, because you're a good player. Because you're a very good I, player. I can so definitely, you have that same feeling. I, I definitely get it. Um, I do know how and when to detach myself from the game. It's, it's important that you know how to do so. Um, obviously, no matter uh, how much you play your character, you don't want to get too, too invested. Death is always a possibility. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at you, Zach. I know. <laughs> as one of your, as one of your players, I know. I like um, but I, you, death, death's always around the corner. You don't want to get too, too attached. You got to be careful. Um, but yeah, characters are just an amazing thing. You, you kind of like you get into them and you, you take on this. You become this whole person, and you, depending on how many different campaigns you're in, you become so many other people, and they all become a part of you, like. Uh, I remember the first time I had a character die, it was actually a scripted death. And yeah. like it, it was still really hard. Like I had like I wrote a will for my character at the end of this campaign and I, I gave stuff Arr. away to the other players. Like I said, ah. it was scripted. Ah. But like, I I was there at the last session and I died. I knew I was gonna die. And I had my will read out by the DM. And I, I literally brought other players to tears, but, like, being there was such an awesome experience because, like, I, like, I had put so much of myself into that character and I had made them feel these things, even though I wasn't even the DM. Like, it was, it was awesome. All right. Now, coming from the player's point of view, if uh, other players come up to you and they're saying that they're maybe having a, a harder time connecting to the game, getting, like, fully into it, do you have any, like, um, advice, um, any things that you do to help you get into the character really well? Um, well, the first, the first step to getting invested in your character is liking the character you're making. It's, <laughs> it, it's really hard sometimes to make a character because you sit there and you're like, okay, I want to do this and this and this, but what fits with it? And so you kind of have to 
build the Lego blocks and go along and and it can be really hard. The the biggest thing that I have to say is if you want to get invested in your character, you have to build a character that is worth being invested in. Um it, it's much like any book or film. Uh D D is all in your mind, but like I said, like seriously, it's like any book or film. It's you if if you read something and you go, wow, this character just seems shallow you're not going to get invested in them. And it's much the same as the character you're playing. If you're doing superficial things and you're just playing everything off, you're not going to get super invested in that character. But if you're doing things that try to, you know, I don't know, better the people around you, or if you're an evil character, if you're trying to conquer that land or whatever is going on, if you're actually working towards those things you think your character should be doing, or you envision your character doing, then you're going to get all the more invested in that character. You know what? That is a very good way to think about it. And it actually reminded me how I create bad guys in my campaigns is I go for that similar feeling of it, it doesn't have to be love. I find it. I think it it's easier when you love your character as the player, but I find any strong emotion can really get you invested in that character. So when I create bad guys, I create people I hate. I make them and then I'm like, this dude is a dick. I want this dude dead. Good. Now you see, I've I've actually done the same thing with characters that I've done, but that's that's half the fun of roleplay is yeah. you get to be the other side. You get to do the things that you would never actually do. So like there are times where I've made that dick character. I've gone, wow, this guy is just an ass to everybody and he's always just dismissive and the first thing is combat and I've, I've made those characters and they're wonderful to role play and i've i've gotten attached to some of them too but they are a lot easier to write off um more to it even for making a bad guy you really want to get invested in your character um make sure that you actually think about your backstory think about where your character comes from it's it's a very important thing it's really important, uh, not even in terms of like the backgrounds in the D and the DMG or sorry, the DMG, the player's handbook. Uh, think about like most DMs will ask you for a written backstory. What do you like? Where do you come from? If you want to be invested in your character, the best way to tell if you're being invested in your character is if you're invested in your backstory. If you read your backstory and you go, "Wow, I want to learn more about this person," then you're your character is already where it should be. But if you read your backstory and mm. you go, this is like a B plus movie that I would wait until it came out on Netflix and I wouldn't pay to go see, you're probably not going to be super invested in the character. <laughs> no, that makes, that makes sense. You, you really want to make something that you can enjoy playing and watching. Like, um, I always tell my players, I'm the biggest fan of their story. Every time they make a story, I'm like there, like the little fangirl that's like, ee, oh my god, he got the sword, oh, he killed him. Like, I'm there, I'm just like the little child over here, like, excited. So, uh, when you guys love your characters, it makes it so much easier for me to love your characters. And same thing with audiences and other players. Um, so, have we done a session zero together? I believe we did one for the previous campaign idea. Or did yeah, we, we, yeah. Well, we've, we've kind of done two we we did do like character <laughs> creation for the second one but like yeah. we never did an official session zero so we've yeah. done one together have you done session zeros in the past as a returning player <sighs> they're kind of for me it's always been kind of weird is there have been plans to do a session zero yeah. but because a lot of the times the people i've been playing with are already friends mm -hmm. there's really been no need we already know each other so session zero just kind of winds up being, okay, this is the character I've brought to the table. Uh, how does it fit with the party? And if it doesn't fit with the party, we'll do a little character creation. We'll swap some stuff around, and, and we'll try to make things cohesive. Depending on the campaign, we don't care if it's cohesive. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, you want to keep the party all centralized. Even as a player, I, I honestly hate conflicted parties. They They make... Like they're they're great for they're great for a laugh sometimes, but other times they're just like, <laughs> don't be like that. You know what? Um, as I always will forever say, every table is completely different. Some people will love it because I have a game that is pure chaos. 
They right now, one person is gonna have to kill another party member to get what they want. Oh. Yeah, and they already oh. are hating each other. One character can read these invisible books that one character really wants to to try and cure this issue. So he took out two books, lights a match. He's like, oh, don't worry, I can read them because he has true sight. And then he like puts out the match and he's like, all right, dance for me and I'll read them. And this character is like so spiteful and she's like, never, I would rather die. I will ask everyone I know to read these books before I dance for you. And, uh, mwah, mwah. I so mean, I can, I, I can get that. Yeah, different strokes for different folks. To, well, to the, ses the session zero that <laughs> you and I did have and to, to the characters that were involved, uh, there were a few daggers tossed on the floor, as is now your favorite analogy as a DM. <sighs> um, <laughs> between me, between me and, and another player, uh, we we got heated a couple of times uh, over a couple of things. And do you want to explain this story? Like this, that's this story is a is a kind of a good one. I kind of it it was a good it was a way of character conflict that wasn't quite pushing the edge. It was riding the line. Which was nice. Yeah, and, uh, no. So there were there were some interactions between uh, my character, who was a monk, who had never had any wealth or money of any kind, uh, and he had he had learned the value of gold, like the true value. Like this is what gold buys, and this is what it, it does. Um, like one gold is ten silver, and et cetera, et cetera. He he worked his way down the line. He figured out what's what. Um, and he was asked to hold on to another player's gold. Um, so I got it. And, I got it. Come on. Yeah, he was like, he was like, I'm more than happy to take this. I I know what it's worth. Um, yeah, this 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 idiot over here. What's he doing? <laughs> um, so uh, it 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 starts really friendly. Um, we're walking down the stairs to breakfast, and uh, monk monks are super agile. So um, uh, the uh the party member who had asked me to hold uh, his gold yakety, a kobold bar uh, bard. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he decided to mage hand me as we were walking down the stairs to grab my foot. And I actually had kind of caught myself at first, but being the cocky asshole that I try to be sometimes, decided that I was going to backflip off the mage hand because my monk is super dexterous. And I was like, there's no way this isn't going to work. I'm like, I'm going to backflip off of this thing. I'm going to land at the bottom of the stairs. Everything's going to be cool. And, uh, nat one. Nat, nat one. Uh, yeah, head off the back of the head off the <clears> stairs. <throat> nice one point of damage. It was great. Uh, you nearly I, died a level one. I did nearly die. A level <laughs> one. It was wonderful. Um, a kill to stairs would be my favorite thing to ever say. Um, shout out to Professor Nakayama for anyone who gets that joke. Death to stairs. Um, <laughs> but I'm happy that uh, I I. I'm happy it happened because it was such a unique and awesome interaction because like my monk gets that moment of like, I know what you're doing to me. Like I know what's going on. And he gets that moment of knowing that I know what's going on and me trying to show it off and then failing on the back end. <laughs> so it kind of evolved from there. Uh, you know, obviously a little more tension. I'm, I'm letting him know that I think his gold is my gold. And yes. I'm lending it back to him. He's being taxed on all of his purchases. Like a 10% or something. Like your character. 10%, which is pretty generous, but I did 10% just to keep the numbers even. Yeah. It, it, it was... 10% is real generous. I know. It was, it was just funny. It was like, first session, you're like, my character has no concept of gold, doesn't understand. He comes to a bar, he has to give a dude like a silver piece, and he gets back like six copper. And he's like, what? What? How did how did one turn into six? And then you like went over to the cash register and started asking about it. I think he like showed you platinum, and the bartender explained yep. how money worked. Yeah. And you were like, much. I need I need one of each of these coins. Yep. Yeah, and... that is exactly what happened oh it was too good and then uh my favorite private message from you is how do you start a bank in dnd <laughs> i'm like geez we, we loan shark into banks right away get right into it <laughs> i mean so so just for clarity for everyone who's out there um obviously banks have liquid assets the kobold made it known to me that because of his dragon blood he assumed that because his gold had been added to my hoard, that it was his hoard. 
Um, obviously, the best way to make sure there is no hoard is to make sure that liquid assets. So is yes, that I why? wanted to start a bag. I wanted to start a bag to liquefy. Sure. Exactly. <sighs> there is no hoard. I hate. I hate you. <laughs> In the best way. <laughs> We were talking before the show, and I said that I like to do some crazy homebrew <laughs> shit as a player, and I'm not joking, yeah. man. Like, the character creation's <sighs> just the tip of the iceberg. I like to do weird stuff. Like, I I had a fiddle-off with the devil, uh, devil went down to Georgia style in a campaign. Yeah. And I played, like, I played badly, lost, and hit him in the head with the fiddle, Futurama style. Yeah! You beat the devil. They be the devil. Fuck the devil. <laughs> I should do that. I should make a like a golden fiddle that like adds like some kind of damage that just like will mess up this devil. Oh man, man, you got Trogdor and Trouble O in here cheering you on. Team Terry, Team Zach. Do they... Oh yeah, you got the whole squad here. I wasn't even gonna bring Team Terry, Team Zach into this. I was yeah. gonna be a good guy. That's, com that's completely that this 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 is meta talk. That's uh. That's technically like another role play, technically. That is another role play. Team yeah. Team Terry is a whole other side of me. That's the problem with Nerdy Northerners. You never know when we're us. This show we're us. But yeah. are we? Is Zach the DM just another role play? Zach the Wizard, Zach the DM? I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I think that I think that this <laughs> version of me is definitely a bigger role play than Team Terry, but we'll we'll take it <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> And there's my character who wants me to stop telling people how feral they are. But I love Fair it. Enough. I love it. I want all my games to be a little bit more feral now. Now that I've experienced it and I know that I can, like, manipulate it a little bit, I'm like, all right, let's let it loose. Loose into the fields. That's all right. Um, so when you're uh, kind of making your character, I usually give the advice to... Take a bit of the character after yourself. Now, I do this a lot, and it's it still even to me feels a little bit confusing. I don't know if I'm just taking little aspects of myself or if I'm taking a I'm just blurring what I am. How do you create characters, and do you take them after yourself? And if so, how? There is a part of me in every character I make. There's there's no way that I think I could invest myself in someone who's not in some way a part of me. Mm -hmm. uh, it it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, even if it is down to like, even if it's as small as they are my height, weight, or they have colored hair, or they have my eye color, or anything like that. Um, it can be it can be small physical traits it could be like deep personal inner traits uh but my character has to in some way identify with me uh if if not it's just not worth playing to me yep i find i i have a uh, a lot of opinions of in my life that i don't tendly share i find my dnd characters are my like chance to like take one or two opinions Mix them, and then I'm like, all right, I'll ship that out. See how I like it. All right, now I'm really, really going to be looking into every character you throw at us, and I'm going to have a lot of fun. You're going to be like, why are there so many villains? And I'll be like, ah, I got a dark brain. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Um. Oh, I had a good one. Dang it. The snapping didn't help at all. Uh, <laughs> Um, so when, dang it, <laughs> it was right. It was there too, dog. It was there too. I'm just going to take a sip of my drink. I got, I got exposed by Trouble-O. He now knows that my life is all just a role play. And I remember my question. All right. So I, <laughs> thank you, chat. I use my, um, I actually find D&D is a very interesting <laughs> form of therapy. Uh, it's, you know how all of our characters are taken after bits of us? Whenever I have a long-standing NPC or somebody that I know is going to be recurring in the campaign, I, to be honest, kind of use it as a chance to work on myself. 
in a weird kind of DM way, I'll present somebody with an issue that I have. And the players, usually being some kind of sympathetic, possibly, hopefully, will help. Either that or I just know never to bring that issue up with them. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, oh, that was you? <laughs> we need to rescue this girl who's been abducted by this evil guy. Uh, you slaughtered her too? Why would you do that? Well, guys, I can't tell you now that I've been captured by the evil king. I'm fucked. I know the outcome. <laughs> That's awful. But have you ever have you ever done something like that with one of your characters? Or thought about it? So, no matter what character I play, there is always some type of personal growth. Always. Mm -hmm. um, even if that personal growth is negative... Yep. In some way, like even if it's to a negative means, there's always some sort of personal growth. Um, I, I always like it when my characters find out new things about themselves. Like I, I like it, the, the truth is, I like it when I find out new things about myself. Like it's it's always nice to sit there and go, like, ah, oh, I didn't I didn't know that that was a thing I enjoyed. Like, um, it, like even playing D D and D for the first time, I was super like, uh, you guys are nerds. <laughs> and then I sat down and I played D&D &D, and I was like, ah, shit. I really like this. Like, yeah. yeah Dang it, I'm like, the nerd. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm the loser now. Like, they, they got me. Uh, no. So yeah, but but that's the thing, is it's it's just... Using D&D &D as therapy is a wonderful thing. Uh, there's never, like... There are times where I come to a session in a totally awful mood because of something that is going on in the real world. And whether or not I intend to use D&D as therapy, yeah. I throw myself somewhere else into another person's shoes. And I experience what they're experiencing. And if they're having a good day, my day's suddenly a little bit better. Like, I've, I've walked into D&D &D sessions on the verge of a breakdown and walked out having a, the best day of my life. Or at I, least feeling that yeah. way. You know what? I know, I know our topic is new, old, and returning players, but I do, I'm very interested in this topic now, and I, I, you have a very good opinion on it. I want to follow okay. it. Um, is it responsible to use D&D &D as therapy with your friends without telling them? Without telling them? Yeah, like, I don't, I have never told anyone that I do this. I just kind of do it subtly and quietly. I don't. I guess, I guess the more appropriate question in, is, is it okay to use your friends for therapy without telling them? And the answer is, yeah, ah. okay. it's okay to, it's okay to cope however you have to cope, whether people know about it or not. I like that. I like that answer. So, but, but, but should you use D&D &D to cope? That's a toss-up. Everyone's got a different mechanism. Uh, like, I, I cope with a lot of things through humor, and a lot of times it's pretty dark, and that's not for everyone. I get that. No. Um, but uh, I love using D&D &D as a coping mechanism because D&D, &D, like I said, allows me to take myself away from where I am. If I'm having a bad day, I can go somewhere else where I'm not. <laughs> and it's just so different. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like you can be going from having a bad day in real life and it sucks to having a, a bad day in D&D, &D, but it's still great somehow. It's like, yeah, oh, but, two of us died. We had a lot of role play. It's like there's no actual consequences. But the, well, there's not only that, there's no legitimate actual real world consequences, but there's a saying that really rings true. And that's misery loves company. You're with a party. Ah. If shit happens, shit happens, but it happens to everybody. It's not just you. Yeah, we have the whole squad. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, hey, I died, but my party picked me up, and they took me to the cleric that we didn't already have, and now I'm back. So, like, it's not that bad. They just took the gold out of my pocket. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. I like, I like that point of view, because I definitely agree with that. It's, uh... It's definitely not as a very intrusive form of therapy, and I find it's a very cool way to work on yourself. Um, I've had people present to me traumas in their D&D &D games, and there have been times where I've been interested in talking to them about working it through like kind of like a, 
a bit of a therapy, not like anything intense, but uh, an easy example. I had a character that, um, uh, trying to say things that, you know, they didn't like uh, eating. Um, and that was more of a thing that they took from their real life because characters are like yourself. And I was interested and I was like, would you like me to introduce you to some like new foods, flavors, textures, and see if that helps real life? And I didn't bring it up, but it was uh, it was like a conversation we kind of had. We were like right about to ask the question, and I felt the vibe that it was maybe a no. But it's well, it, it was an interesting. I, I get what you're saying, and it really lends to to kind of what I said about like your friends one don't necessarily need to know if you start like it, and it leans it leans both ways as the DM like doesn't this person doesn't necessarily need to know this is something you're doing because if it's something you're doing and it, it has a negative impact uh it's something you could stop very quickly if, if it's something that they say uh it it's something that you can just revert uh and, and if it has a positive impact then it, it's it doesn't feel as forced it's more subconscious it, it's the same thing as like working on yourself like uh like i said my characters all have some form of personal growth and a lot of that time, that personal growth is something that I would like to mimic in real life or is based off of me in some way. Like, for instance, uh, my monk in that campaign with, uh, with Yakety, I was in Dwarven. I was in, I was in this area to learn a whole new martial art. Like, I was sent here by my master's and and i wanted i think i wanted to learn something more and that's because like truthfully some small part of me would like to go do brazilian jiu-jitsu i'd like to learn something new i'd like to grapple but there there's ways that i always incorporate some form of growth that way if it does occur then great and if it doesn't well i've lived it out somewhere else hell yeah no i like that i like that a lot it's a it's an interesting challenge as a DM uh, when you begin to think of these kind of things because it no longer goes from like a game it kind of becomes a life experience like D and D is one of those games that can cross the line into real life quite sharply at times quite quickly oh yeah very easily uh, it's like I said considering a lot of the times uh, I use I use D and D for therapy and personal growth. Uh, sometimes what winds up happening is your story that's going on takes a sharp left turn, and sometimes it feels a little real. Sometimes you you do lose that feeling of I'm playing D and D, and hey, I'm I'm not, I, I'm still in the real world, and uh, that that's something that that can occur at times. Even if even if it's something you're not expecting, it's not part of your backstory. It can be something like be part of someone else's thing entirely and it can just touch a nerve um it it can really be hard at times but uh the the thing is to try and just work through it like you like i said you want to reach some sort of personal growth with your characters it's it's, it's like you're it, it's like i i say to some players there there are some players that things will happen to them and it's a big issue for like three or four seconds. Like, oh no, why could this happen? And then, all right, so should we continue on with the dungeon? It's like, yeah. that's, that's not how you, your, your brain works. When something happens, you, you get flooded with this anxiety, this uh, um, random emotions that make your brain just go sometimes. And it's going to be different for every single person. Some people's brains will just shut down. Oh, yeah. Um absolutely um i've had players where uh like a, like for myself personally mm -hmm. when i go through something fairly traumatic uh i'll handle everything in the moment and then once i'm alone i just shut down that's okay it. uh so i've had those moments with my own players where i've gone through like a traumatic battle or whatever and we've lost like an NPC or a party member, and my character will hold everything together until I get back to the inn or wherever we're staying, and then there's just like this blank, expressionless, almost catatonic state until like he passes out, and then he'll sleep for 
two hours, whatever, take the level of exhaustion that comes with it because that is something that would absolutely happen to me. Like I treat those types of things very true to life. That's a, that's, a, that's, that's the way to do it. No, I agree. And like you pointed out, there's so many ways to handle different, uh, like big events. Like if you go into traumatic battle, you may end the battle, break down crying. You may just like smash the body of an enemy until you just feel your, your energy weary. You, may do exactly you may handle it perfectly calm yeah and then the second you get alone you break it, it's you can handle it in all these different ways but and allowing your character entirely, to handle it yeah for sure and I, I should say entirely that like dependent on where i am and who i'm with i will handle things differently there are times where my first instinct put a hole in the wall or whatever else but um it's uh it's definitely dependent on the character and what part of me is in that character is is how i go i like that i like that a lot um i did have one question from the audience uh as Tro trogdor seeing them exposing everybody out here everyone's just role playing secretly maybe who knows you don't i don't he wanted me to expose why Team Terry is great, and it's only because of you, Trogdor. You and the rest of chat. All right, that's what makes any of this Nerdy Northerners great. It's you, all right? We're going to be here no matter what. You make it great. Anyways. I honestly don't have a better answer than that. So that was my heartfelt like message of the day. I liked that. I also, really fuck you, that. Trogdor. Team Zach. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> she just heard that in the background. Uh, I love you, Trogdor. I really do. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, thank you, Tibby, supporting Team Zach. <laughs> the aggressive love has me weak. Good, Trouble. Oh, up. boy. Um, so let's get back to our main topic. New players, old players, and returning players. The game is different for all of them. Uh, just to let the audience know, what would you describe yourself as? So I've only ever played 5e. Okay. Uh, I'm currently a returning player. I am on a, uh, I'd say about a two-year break. Uh, there was a point in time where, uh, as much as D&D is great therapy, I really just didn't want to meet up with people once a week, or at least the same people once a week. I was kind of getting fed up with the DMs that I had at my disposal, and I didn't, like, it was just kind of the same challenges every campaign, and it, everything felt very recycled, and I needed something new. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's no discredit to the, the two guys who were DMing because they both came up with great stuff that was very compelling. Uh, it just, when you have the same two guys cycling in and out, it gets very old. Um, so I definitely say I'm a returning player. Uh, so I've only ever played 5e. So nothing's new per se. Uh, that's I guess that's not entirely true. There are new source materials that have come out since I played last. Uh, but I'm 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 really enjoying getting back into D and D and learning to reinvest myself again. Good. Chat has chat has you weak, huh, Zach? Chat does have me weak. I did listen to that. It's just uh, they're uh. No, no. I know. I mean, weak. I love chat. I really do. Um, no, I, I, I like that. And uh, as a returning player, so do you find any changes from when you fresh start to now? Yeah, definitely. I'm more adventurous in the types of characters I'm willing to play. Mm -hmm. uh, I, my first ever character was a rogue uh, because they're very straightforward, very simple to learn very mechanically straightforward uh magic can be a total pain in the ass in D, &D uh depending on what class you play uh because you can either have so little of it that you might as well not have it at all or you could have so much of it that you need to have a list of prepared stuff uh which can also be annoying because if you prepare the wrong spells for a day because something goes sideways you're just kind of shit out of luck um <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Hey, sometimes stuff goes sideways, man. Sometimes being a wizard is great until it's not. Um, 
but but like like I said, I I started playing with rogues. Uh, I love playing fighters. Like I like playing straightforward melee characters. Uh, yeah. Because I like to focus more on my roleplay. Uh, so playing those straightforward, less than mechanically inclined uh, uh, characters lets me do so. Uh, but I'm not averse to stepping into a sorcerer or a warlock. Uh, I've played I've played both. They're a lot of fun. Um, I I just I always try to I, I try to open myself up more returning than I have before. Or at least uh, if I'm not playing something new, I'm finding a new way to play it. Good. Yeah, and, and that, that right there makes perfect sense. You you kind of come in, you got your, I would say the easiest class, like Monk, Fighter, Rogue. Yeah. Uh, then you go up and you start adding more abilities, like bonus actions, so I guess Barbarian, not really. But monk, Monk's got your Unarmed Strike and your key points. I would argue that Monk might be a little higher. I would say your Fighter Rogues are definitely probably your base. I actually um, make the argument that Monk is the easiest class. Really? No armor, no weapons. Um, That's true. Skills are kind of limited. Uh, you just got to punch and use key points. I disagree that your skills are limited. It all depends on what uh, monastic like tradition you go with. But if you but monastic traditions, you get shadow step. That's true. Shadow step is incredibly useful in combat. Yep. Especially oh, yeah. if you're fighting against a large creature. Oh look, I'm just going to teleport behind you. My whole party has flank. Does its balls leave a shadow? It, yes. It could if it's big enough. Good. <laughs> Thank. I've yeah, I've seen I've seen some weird shadow steps in my time. Uh, Terry, have have uh, your players ever made you fall out of your chair? Have my players ever made me fall out of my chair? Uh, people you play I with. Mean, I don't know where oh, Chargor sure. got that. In in terms of like laughing, yeah, laughing shock. I you want to hear a scenario when I, I fell out of a chair? I'm so mad at party members that I left the room because <laughs> I was going to punch them. Uh, yeah, like I've. Well, I mean, my very first campaign almost ruined D D for me entirely because I had a party member who was out to get me because I played a rogue and he didn't like rogues. Uh, I've been there. I've been there. Do you so want to talk he, about that he, for a second? Well, honestly, he went out of his way at every turn. Like, I, I had my own secret organization. He went out of his way to try to infiltrate it, find his way to the base, this, that, planted, tried to plant spies, like, just to get in there. Eventually, he did get in there, and uh, the, DM, the, the DM put me in a position where, like, I was so mad. I was ready to just hit him. I was, I was done. And I'm yeah. not a violent person. I I don't like violence at all. I I just wanted to deck the guy. Um the DM actually put us in a position uh where I killed my character and he had the option they I yes, my character stood in front of him, killed himself, and said, It's not worth it because you've ruined things for me, and the DM gave him the choice. Uh, there was a button that he could hit to either erase his memories and bring me back to life or leave me dead and I was going to leave the campaign. Interesting option. I like it. Yeah. He, he hit the button and uh, I killed him at the end of the campaign in my will. Uh, and the way I did that was uh, as uh, after all this had gone down uh, as part of my secret organization uh, I had our highest potioner uh, make up a potion that linked his life with mine. Oh, that's cute. Oh, yeah. so adorable. So remember that script <laughs> death I was talking about? Yeah! It took two with you. Uh, it, it took him with me because I made the activation uh, not my death, but the reading of my will. <laughs> he, was, he was in attendance. Once the last word of the will was spoken, he dropped dead. Terry, you have a question from one of your fellow, possibly new campaign members that'll be joining us uh, this Sunday. Um, okay. Any advice for newbies? 
for newbies. Newbies. Um, whoo. It's, yeah, it's a very... So, so the first time I played D&D, I played with people who had been playing since... Well, a varied group of people. Uh, some people had started with 5e, some had been playing since 3.5, some had been playing since... I don't think anyone had been playing since before that, but they knew, like, the rules for the other editions. Yeah. Um. There, there's a couple pieces of advice I have that are really, really important, I think. Uh, don't be intimidated by who's at the table. Because who is at the table does not matter. Does not matter how long they've been playing. Their character is who they are. Oh, fire! When you when you are at the table, it doesn't matter if you have twenty years of playing experience, or one year of playing experience, or one month of playing experience. You are a level one. This. End of story. Um, uh, another thing that I have to say as a newbie is, get into it. Focus on the role play. Honestly, I would rather have, and I say this now as someone new, like definitely I've min-maxed my characters, I've done that whole route. I would say this now as someone who's played a little bit more and likes D&D more for the role play. Don't be afraid to give your character shit stats if it fits your role play. If your character is so obtuse to being hit on that they could, you know, be in bed with someone naked and not get the hint, then give them a foreign charisma if that's what you roll. Or if that's what the point by dictates or whatever. Don't be afraid to give your character bad stats in a certain area because it's all about the role play. At the end of the day, combat combat's going to happen and you might die. Get invested in your character. Play your character. If your character dies... It really sucks. I've had it happen. I've had it not. I've had it happen not scripted. Yeah, it's an awful feeling. It's it's not great, especially if it's someone you're super invested in. Um, I've had characters that um I've just had to leave behind entirely because they were going to be in sessions with the last group of people that I play with that I don't play with anymore. So I've got like legendary characters, like thirty plus characters that we were gonna play that I've I've just I've grown so attached that I've had to leave behind. It's a hard thing to do. But despite the investment, the third piece of advice I have is don't get too invested. Know when to separate yourself. It's important. It really is important. You need to know when to separate yourself from what's going on or being said in-game. Yeah. There are, because, because I'm someone who puts part of myself in my characters, there are times where if someone doesn't agree with me, it can feel like a personal attack. It's not a personal attack. Their character doesn't agree with your character. You need to know that. It's not you. That's some very good advice. It's very important. No, it really is, because it can be be difficult. Like, there has been many times when things have happened to my character, and especially when I began D&D, I took it... I took it... I took it to heart, because you forget that it's not you and your friends playing around a table. Is you yeah. and your characters in a land of most likely shitty things. Yeah, and and I've had friends that I usually play chaotic neutral characters because they're morally ambiguous <laughs> and it, it makes things easy. I can I can do the murder thing if I want, I can do the good thing if I want. Um I'll often also play lawful characters because I tend to play rogues that live by like a creed. Uh, but even then, it's like lawful neutral, so I still have that ambiguity. The only lawfulness I have is my creed. Um, but like the the big thing there is you've got to be really. I, I'm sorry, I lost where I was going with that. Hey, now you feel how I there. feel. I know how you feel, man. It's awful. No, uh, I I can actually finish your thought there because I I was going along that same train of thinking. It's just. Nope. Fuck. You did this to me. You did this to me. It's not just you. Uh, here. Uh, I actually had. I see chat. Chat actually helped me out there. I know where I was going with this. I played with a friend who was the biggest dick of a lawful good paladin. Oh. And it was the worst because the party was all chaotic neutral or like lawful evil or whatever. I remember where I was going to circle back around to. Uh, Jake actually saved it, saved it in the chat. Um. 
I saw the word paladin and it all clicked for me. Yeah, he just he plays he always plays like these lawful good like characters. It's like it can be the most piss off thing to have a do gooder in your party. It really can be. But you've gotta you've gotta learn that it's like it's not your friends playing at the table because my fr I know my friend wants to wreck shit just as much as I do. But his character, his character is lawful good. And his character has this dictate that says he has to do this thing. Like, and I've got to live by that. And I've got to deal with that. And it can yeah. be the most frustrating thing internally. You know what? I, I, uh, I very quickly in my D&D experience, I heard paladins were played terribly and need to be better. And that's what I did. I jumped into a 3.5 edition paladin, which is a very strict paladin. And I played for a very strict paladin DM, so there was no... Uh, well, it's Jake. Jake's a very strict paladin DM. He's very strict by the paladin law and core, and I very much like his idea of paladin. Um, and uh, I played a very strict character. And one time, I was given a list by a character that I was assuming was a little bit off. I had never made a judgment because as a paladin, once you make a judgment, at least in 3.5, you have to stick by it. Okay. So I never made a judgment because I didn't want to stick to it yet. Then I got this list of things that they wanted to buy for me. And they didn't preface me at all. But they, like, listed a bunch of poisons and, like, alchemist set. And so I, like, I stopped the caravan. We were, we were already, like, an hour away. And I was like, stop, turn around, we're going back, we're going to ask questions. <laughs> and I ran up to the character, like, grabbed him with my 20 strength, pinned him up against the wall, and I'm like, oh, why do you need poison? And they're like, to make anti-poison. I was like, damn it! This checks out so well! All right, let's go back on the caravan. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, as a paladin, when you're that lawful good, you gotta make choices, and you gotta stick by your choices. And sticking by your choices is the hardest. Because you, as a player, will realize your character is wrong. But you'll know that your character doesn't realize they're wrong. And it's the worst to continue role-playing wrong because it's the right thing to do. If that makes any sense. Oh, it is. Uh, so, real, real honestly speaking, um, not metagaming is one of the hardest things to do <laughs> as a player um a hundred percent i i know we're fighting you know fucking whatever out in the forest or we come across this or that i know it's this this dinky little piece of garbage but like hey my character is being attacked by a fucking bear so i should probably be scared right like i know my character's gonna kill it or I know the party's gonna kill it at least. Oh yeah. But like, we're still being attacked by a bear, and that's still a thing. I actually had a party member, uh, friend once, uh, that was being chased by a bear. True story. They climbed a tree. When the DM told them that the bear climbed up the tree after them, they told them that bears don't climb trees. Boy, yeah, boy, was that a day. They learned um, some stuff about bears, and we all had a good laugh when they died to the bear, because the bear pulled them out of the tree. See, I would, uh, yeah. There's always this thing about me, I don't know why, but it's like this spite that where I'm like, well, even if it couldn't climb the tree, I said it climbed the tree, so it's gonna climb the tree. Like, if I have a giant platypus and I make it climb up a tree, you're like, how does its, like, fin feet <laughs> climb the tree? I'm like, because it's got really big ones. It's got really big ones. You like, gonna use um, the Spider-Man principle? Just yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Not the bears. Um, speaking of bears, uh, there has been a campaign where I now refuse to use bears because uh, okay. a player in the game has a very strong real-life connection with bears, and they don't want to be actively fighting bears. And it's like the tiniest enemy to remove, so it's no issue to me. Do you have anything in D&D that you find off-limits as a returning player? I'm sure it's going to be a little bit different from when you were a brand new player. 
<laughs> You're just interested in the bear thing. <laughs> First of all, just because my, my name in the community is an epic polar bear, this is not me. I have no aversion to slaughtering bears in D&D or in any other game for that matter. Uh, I don't hunt in real life, but that's more just due to where I am than anything else. Yeah. Um, like, I, I have no qualms with people who hunt or anything like that. Uh, is there anything that's off limits in D&D? Um, no. Uh, I will do awful things in D&D that I would never do in real life because D&D is a game for roleplay, and if it dictates that my character does some dark, dingy shit, then some dark, dingy shit shall be done. I have, uh... Yeah, I've done some not very savory things in D&D. Uh... I've got a very active imagination, and uh, given that I tend to play rogues uh, and fighters and such, uh, I'm often left, uh, when the party needs to question someone, I'm left to uh, just use my imagination. And often yeah. it works pretty well. Oh, yes. Um, you know what? Let's finish off the last, like, seven, eight minutes <laughs> with, with kind of going down this road, since we both have these enjoyably dark minds. Okay. What themes are there any are there any themes adult themes sexual sadistic me uh scenes that cannot be done in D D. I already think i know your answer but i want to see how you explain it so here's the thing for me is uh there are certain things that should never be done uh thematically in like film because okay. it's it's hard to see but theater of the mind is very very different than actually seeing something um no matter how vivid your imagination is generally speaking yeah i get that, <laughs> I get that there is you know that there's somebody that, out that there small percentage whatever no matter how vivid your imagination is there's that disconnect there's that this is my imagination. I am playing out a character. My character is a piece of garbage, but I personally would never do these things. Is there anything that I think should be off limit in D&D? No. Are there things that are there things that I'm still morally objectionable to unless I am playing a straight chaotic evil character in D&D? Yes, absolutely. Even as a chaotic neutral uh, character, um, man, you know what? Uh, since war is such a prevalent thing in d and I'll use this example because it's extremely gray and awful. Yeah. Um, rape. Uh, unless yep. I'm playing a chaotic evil character. 100% off the table. Yep. 100%. Unless there is a character that is, for whatever reason, like, he, this is 100% what he would do conquering a land doing this it is off the table and even yeah. then when I'm role playing it I feel shitty about it it's awful it's not fun but just like any actor who would go out and do something in a film that they wouldn't do in real life you've got to have that disconnect of this is the character I am portraying no, I agree. And it is it's extremely interesting because usually we don't pull out these very dark. We'll just continue on the theme of rape because honestly, that that I think is 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 one of the biggest ones because murder is nothing in D&D. &D. No, murder is nothing. Murder, in D &D. torture, as soon as it becomes SA or sexual yeah. assault. Yeah. It that is when it crosses that extra line. At least in my mind, it may be different. Yeah, everyone, no, I, I agree with you, and I think that comes down to uh, I think that comes down to even in video games, uh, and it doesn't matter what you're playing, Assassin's Creed, Grand Theft Auto, even in movies, murder is often treated as this disregarded thing uh, that is never seen. And I I come from a media background. Yep. Some of the most shocking movie scenes I have ever seen revolve around sexual assault and rape. Yeah. It is, yeah. it is scarring. It is it is something that you sit there and you have to take in emotionally. Like even if you're playing the character that's doing it, it is something that sits on you as a person. Like you leave the session going, "Wow, 
Wow. Like, I didn't do that, but, like, holy shit, I did that. Yeah. Like, it's, I had it's, a... Heavy. It's very heavy. I actually, uh, in one of my earlier campaigns, had a character that was raped. And it was, uh, it was actually DM'd very well. It was uh, more of a fade to black. It was a, a held down, a pressure, and then a fade to black, which That's I thought was a to DM it. very good way to DM it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, like, I've, if it's something that has ever been enacted, there has never been like a strength check or anything like that. There's never been any contest or anything like that. It has always been like very much so like this is what is going to happen fade to black let it happen and even then you still feel like a scummy piece of shit like if i i honestly think even as a chaotic evil character if i ever had a dm that fully made me role play that out and made me roll i would just stop i would leave the session because that would honestly make me question the dm as you yeah yeah you kind of have to ask yourself why is the DM bringing yeah. this up because it's such a powerful theme that it yeah. needs to serve a powerful purpose. Like I often, um, unless, unless there is a concrete enough reason you can give me for why I need to be role-playing this out. I am, I'm walking away. It's just faded off. Yeah, yeah. It, there's no more that needs to be done than that. Yeah. It's unfortunate. We're going to have to trigger warning this episode, this episode. I didn't really think it was going <laughs> to go here. I didn't think so either, but we both have these dark brains, and uh, I think that we both we both discuss these topics on a level that they need to be debated on, because we could go very um, leftist. Uh, yeah. I won't I won't say left and right. I'll say uh, yeah. safe, where we yeah. say it should not be used. You should be very careful with it. You should you should not do it unless specifically you have a reason, which is a kind of middle ground. Actually, I think this is like. Don't do it at all. Left, don't do it at all. Middle, do it, but have purpose, which is where more we're at. And then yeah. right, well, it's just a game. Doesn't matter. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're kind of in that very middle of if you're going to do it, you need to have purpose and you need to have reason. You need to know that this character is not going to be the same. Afterwards. Yeah. Once again, it, it all comes down to, and, and like I said, it all comes down to personal growth. Your character is going to grow through the things that happen. Like, uh, for instance, uh, without giving too much away, um, in, in our next campaign, uh, the character that I'm playing is, is very sheltered. Uh, I have a feeling that when I, when I kill the first person ever, I'm going to have to have like some small little tick where it's like, wow, I've, I've I've done this. It doesn't matter if I've trained for it. It doesn't matter this. It doesn't matter that. I've done this. Pulling out your rapier probably does not feel the same after you've pulled it out and killed somebody. No, probably it not at all. Probably does not feel the same. Like, um, for example, I'll try and go this real quick because we're right at seven. But yeah. if you live in a dangerous neighborhood and you live around gang members and like actual violence, you do not want to be involved in violence. If you live in a higher upper echelons, oh, it's just a little bit of violence. You know, you punch the guy in the face. Yeah. It's like, you don't know violence, dog. Six people will kick you in the head until you die. Yep. Violence. That is real life. And yep. I'm, from, so, I'm from the East End, Zach. I get it. <laughs> I shouldn't bang on camera. I shouldn't bang on camera. Anyways, uh, did you have any last minute thoughts or advice it seems like we actually do have a lot of new people here in the chat trouble um lee bears it seems like they're kind of newish to doing D D. so if you have any last minute advice to them that you'd send them off with uh so don't be afraid for you know what biggest piece of advice bigger than anything else i've said today don't be afraid to fuck up don't be afraid to do something where you sit there and go, oh shit, that was stupid, or oh wow, this character's not working and I should make a new one. Like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to have built a character that you think you're invested in. Go, no, this is stupid and scrap it. Like, just don't be afraid in general. DD is this thing where you're going to find acceptance no matter what. It's really weird. It's really, really weird. It. You could have the biggest conflicting personalities with people, and you would find that you would get along with them in D&D, &D, 
because their characters could be completely different from who they are. D&D is just this odd thing where at all times you need to be aware that you're playing this game where everyone's going to get along at the end of the day because you're in a party, no matter how much infighting there is. I like at that. The end of the, at the end of the day, your goal is the same. No matter how much you're fighting with the people you're with, your goal is the same. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Terry, uh, where can people find you in a quick like 20 to 30 second advertisement? Uh, if people want to find me on Facebook, you can find me at Terry Butchart. Uh, I have colorful hair here and in all of my pictures. You can find me in the Discord at an epic polar bear. Um, Join our Discord? That, yeah, I really don't do much other than that. I'm hoping to get streaming on the same channel in Epic Polar Bear, but we'll see where that goes. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Terry, for coming and joining me today and having this discussion. Uh, thank you, chat, for joining us and talking with us and really getting immersed in our conversation. D&D is a lot of things. We definitely diverged off our original topic, but I think we came into a very interesting um, conversation about therapy, D&D, ourselves, and how we can use it to all uplift each other. I so, think we really learned what it means to be a player in D&D and just how much it helps you. Exactly. Exactly. Well... Thank you, everyone, for joining me today on me and Terry on Dungeon Master Discussions. I shall see you next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. But until then, I hope you have a great night and stay around because we will be raiding somebody soon. And as well, we have Jake's Community Night at 9 p.m. tonight playing some Foxhole. We'll see you there. Peace. I'm not a crook.